It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz fall tonight, 115 to 108 to the Hawks. Let's get right downstairs and hear from Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Frustrating as any of them. Um, you know, the majority of those were in the first half, and we talked about it at halftime. Again, it's you you're in kind of a rut offensively, and you get a made basket. And everybody's reaction is kind of like, you know, oh, thank God. Like, they're relieved that we made a basket instead of immediately switching their brains to sprinting back on defense. And that's a team that punishes you. They have great guards and they run the floor well. And, um, you know, there are probably four of those in the game that were deflating because it's a moment where you feel like maybe you're going to gather a little momentum. And we weren't able to because of that. So, um you know, it's always little things that, that add up to winning and losing, and, and those plays definitely impact the game. Until his final shot, Mallory had gone more than five minutes without getting one in the fourth quarter. Is that just a case of them guarding him well or him needing to be more assertive or just one of those stretches where other guys were getting good shots? Yeah, I thought we moved the ball and we got good looks. I mean, I've said before and I'll say again, like the game's not about Lowry. Tonight wasn't his best game. Um you know, they, they were making it such a point towards the end to try to not let him get the ball that it got us great looks for some of the other guys. And, um, you know, that being said, he's, he's got 19 shots and 11 threes. Um, I thought he had a bunch of good looks. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be moments where we put him in actions again because he's not a quote-unquote primary ball handler. We use him as a screener a lot, and Mike and the guys that are handling the ball, it's their job to read how the defense guards, and if they hug up on Lowry, it, it opens up things for other guys. I think Mike was a beneficiary of some of that tonight. Um, so I, I don't think that that pocket of him not getting shots ultimately had a, a massive impact on the game. I'll go back and watch it. I mean, obviously Lowry is somebody that we like, we like when he gets shots for sure, but um, you know when defenses exaggerate themselves to take him away, it gives other guys on our team an opportunity to get good looks. Walker obviously had a great game on Wednesday, and then I think struggled to make an impact tonight. What did you see from this game? Uh, he, he, Walker was just a little bit out of sorts. Um, you know, again, the the pace with which Trey Young plays pick and roll, Capella is. Um, you know, one of the better guys in the league at reading when to screen and when to slip. And 
Walker got caught in between a good amount tonight and um, ended up a little bit behind the play, which kind of had him going for some shot fakes. And, um, you know, we just felt as the game progressed in the second half that, you know, Trey Young had had a, such a good rhythm against the drop that we wanted to go to more of a switching lineup. And that's why we ultimately, after we subbed Vando out, went to Lowry and Kelly um, just to try to give a different look which, you know, our defense in the fourth quarter was was much better, and that's not Walker's fault. Um, but it was a game where they just got in a rhythm against the drop and, uh, you know, forced us to do something else. And then you did give Nikhil minutes in the fourth, too. Wait, why was that? I just thought we needed a spark, a change of energy, maybe somebody that could get into the ball. Nikhil's shown a knack this year for – stirring a game up, forcing turnovers with his length. And, um, you know, obviously it didn't necessarily happen for him tonight, but that's not going to stop me from continuing to look for for moments and opportunities when we're not in a rhythm as a team and we're kind of – we don't really have much mojo to try to go to somebody else. Um, that's been one of the calling cards of our team this year is that everybody is always in the mix. Um and at the time we subbed Nikhil in, we were down 15. Um, and so I just felt like it was a good opportunity. Maybe he, he would come in and give us a little bit of some, some fresh energy and a different look. Are you looking at the playoffs and the standings of the playoff race yet? Or, and if not, when is that a factor? Well, I mean, every game is important. Um, I would say right now that's just an emotional roller coaster. Everybody's so jammed up. Um, you know, the standings between fourth place and like 11th are so tight that every game can slide you two, three, four spots. Um, so, you know, we, we understand that we're in the mix and that's all that our team needs to focus on is that we are very much in the mix right now. And, um, it's just about trying to take care of the next game. Um, we can't look at it like, hey, we've got to win eight out of ten or seven out of ten. That's that's looking for you know putting a little bit of extra pressure on ourselves. You know, we have another game coming up in a couple of days, and that's our focus. But our guys know that they're right in the mix, and um, you know we're we're proud of where we are right now, and we we think that we're fully capable of being a team at the end of the season that could be there. Do you have any sort of philosophy on like when a guy is struggling? If you want to just keep shooting through it, or is there a point in a game when you're like, you just don't have it tonight? Are you referencing anything in particular? Malik. Yeah, I mean, Malik only played 17 and a half minutes, and he normally plays more, so I think that's kind of my way of saying he just didn't have it tonight. Um, again, Malik's a shooter that we, we believe in very much, and I thought he got some good looks. I thought he took some tough ones to try to kind of get himself out of a rut, which is natural at times. But, um, you know, last game he played 27 minutes and tonight it was 17 and a half. So, you know, he, he knows how much I believe in him and how much his teammates believe in him. But, um, yeah, I do think there are moments where it's like, Hey, we just got to go with something else. And that's, you know, that's kind of what happened tonight. It's not, I'm never going to look at a guy and say like, Hey, in the first half you went one for five and, now you don't have it. Anybody can have a bad little stretch. But when you're somebody of Malik's caliber shooting, you know, you've earned the right to get that next run and, and see if you can dig yourself out of it. Um, I thought when Mike found him in the corner 
on that cross court pass, it was going to kind of spring him. And then the next couple that he got, they just didn't go. So, um, you know, it's a tough night for him, but I have the utmost faith that in our next game, Malik will be firing away. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There you go. Jazz head coach Will Hardy. The Jazz lose tonight 115-108. to Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Uh, what do you think about what Coach Hardy had to say right there? Uh, you know, it was a night where the Jazz got good looks. I mean, they moved the ball, uh, but it was a little bit the lack of energy kind of coupled with not being able to get shots, and there's probably something to it. Um, it's hard to have a ton of energy when you can't throw it in the ocean. So, um I, I like the fight, the way they came back, but uh, ultimately it was just kind of fell behind too much. And, and Atlanta's, as we talked about in the pregame, they're a hard team to play from behind against. thought that was an interesting answer where he was asked about Malik Beasley and him not having it necessarily, and he said, well, we played Malik 17 minutes tonight. That should tell you how I feel about uh, what he was bringing and how he can – what he he uses minutes, I guess, is the, what I took from that, and we've seen that. At times with various players. I mean, Walker Kessler didn't have it tonight either, and he only played 18 minutes. We've seen him up north of 30. I, I find it interesting. Coach Hardy's not afraid to to adjust that sort of thing to, you know, coach. Yeah, and and it is nice. I mean, he talks often about not putting players in a box. I like how he doesn't put himself in one. Right, you know, he's great not, point, great point. He's not a uh, a guy that's because of convention when you're a head coach is what you must do. He's kind of approached it his way. And in this case, you know, I, I like having that kind of that feel about which guys got it and, and then kind of playing out um, with your gut. Uh, Jazz were led tonight by Lowry Markinen, who had 25 points and 10 rebounds, a double-double for him. Um, 24 points tonight from Jordan Clarkson on 10 of 21, shooting 3 of 10 from 3. Mike Conley, uh, 20 points, 8 assists for Mike but as we've seen him shoot the ball a little bit better as of late. He was 7 of 9, 2 of 4 from 3. You cannot keep a, a, a pro like Mike down as long as he was down. Uh, but he fought through it, and he is shooting the ball better, uh, still playing great, uh, you know, with a f- great floor game. Coach Hardy talked about the cross-court pass he made to Malik, trying to help him get out. I think that is the one he made. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's, the Jazz did, didn't make enough shots tonight. Um, and then, obviously – a couple of rebounds here and there and getting stops would help. But I, I do believe it was more of a shooting game that, that kind of did them in. Your final jazz fall to the Hawks, 115 to 108. With that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Monday night. The Dallas Mavericks will be in town here at Vivint Arena. Tip off for that game will be at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some player sound. We'll uh, continue to get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on this one. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jay Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by our friends 
and Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Hawks, 115 to 108. And uh, Atlanta, uh, Coach Combe had this one in control uh, pretty much from the onset. The Jazz were able to get it a little bit close there in the fourth quarter, cutting it to, what, uh, about five? They get down to six or five. five. Uh, but uh, this one was kind of all Atlanta all the time. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, the – we talked about in the pregame that this Atlanta team was underperforming. There's no question about it. A team that certainly has had a lot of talk swirling around uh, many of the guys on the team in terms of tr- a trade. So, um, you know, they, they came out tonight pretty tough-minded. Uh, DJ talked about their long road trip, and they'll end tomorrow at Denver. But, um, yeah, really everything was kind of stacked against them. And the Jazz, they're – a little bit lethargic, coupled with the fact they couldn't make a basket, uh, really kind of allowed Atlanta to have confidence throughout the game. Uh, speaking, uh, let's see here. We'll get to uh, some player sound coming up here in a little bit. But speaking of the Hawks, they got uh, 27 points from T- uh, Trey Young tonight. Really efficient. We talked about how he wasn't uh, the most efficient player in the pregame. He was 10 of 19 tonight. Great night for him, 27 points. 2 of 8 from 3, 5 of 7 at the line. He had 6 assists. Uh, four rebounds and a couple of steals. Uh, let's see here. Hunter, DeAndre Hunter had 26 tonight on 10 of 15, shooting one a night for him, uh, obviously, as he was terrific. And then uh, they got uh, 13 tonight from DeJounte Murray, who the way he played in the first half, I thought he was on his way to have a pretty good game. Uh, it turned out to be Hunter who was the difference maker uh, alongside Trey Young. Yeah, and it was, um, you know, that that's a big, long team. Hunter, obviously a big wing, uh, made three threes, uh, Really did his damage like the Hawks do in the mid-range. Uh, only went to the line four times, but 26 points, really efficient. And, yeah, he was kind of the X factor tonight. He was, um, you know, they as a group, uh, their ability to kind of score and, and stave the Jazz run off, runs off was, was really impressive. Uh, we mentioned for the Jazz, they did have uh, three players score over 20 points tonight. They had Lowry at 25 uh, Clarkson at 24 and Mike Conley at 20, but uh, Lowry, 8 of 19 tonight uh, for those 25 points, 3 of 11 from 3. He did grab 10 rebounds, but this did not seem like his most engaged game, particularly in the fourth quarter, and I know you know Coach Hardy doesn't want to get pigeonholed into you know forcing shots for anybody. He's talked about that, about Lowry, Lowry specifically, but you know feels like they needed a little extra something from their best player in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the game was right there, and they did a good job of getting it close with a couple of minutes to go. Um, and that's where he's been pretty good the last little while. So, yeah, when things are good, uh, you have to praise. And then tonight, you know, just had a, had a hard time making some of those shots that have seemed pretty easy for him. Um, eight for 19, but it's really the three for 11. And it, the ability to, for the guys to make shots or not make shots really affects the environment in here, too. It was a little bit dead. By the way, the Hawks did miss two free throws in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Was that Jalen Johnson, I believe, who missed uh, both those foul shots? Uh, So the uh, foul shot promotion has been activated. The Chick-fil-A foul shot uh, review of the game. Those in attendance at tonight's game receive free chicken if they claim their reward on the Chick-fil-A one app. Or, excuse me, the Chick-fil-A app before they left the arena. So always remember, you got to activate that thing before you leave. If you're driving home tonight and you say, oh, I forgot, don't forget next time. 
Got to do it. uh, We get all those, so thank you. Got to do it here at the arena. Man, we don't. I know. Boy, that would be nice. That would be hard to eat all those. All right, let's throw it downstairs. Uh, We have Lowry Markinen from the locker room. 20, 21 or 22 at one point. Um, what was going wrong defensively, especially in the first half? Uh, couldn't really get the rebounds. They got a lot of second shots and our live turn. Turnovers obviously makes our transition defense tough, but they, they scored a couple times off of just makes. Just got transition dunks. So I thought we did a little bit of better job in the second half. Got back into the game, but just couldn't get the the execution part wasn't there defensively or offensively, I think. But so a lot of things we can get better at. But I mean, it's tough. Speaking of that, Will said he felt like at times tonight the lack of shot making kind of affected execution and focus in other areas. I guess where did you kind of see that play out? Yeah, probably just. I think we got a lot of great looks and then just getting in and out, and I think just. I mean, those led to transition points and kind of tough, tough baskets since like to swing on the other end. Rather than like you make a three and they take the ball out and then we play half court defense rather than. But so we just got to stay focused on it. And I think we're going to win the games on the defensive end and we're proving that we're a good offensive team. So just got to take care of that end of the floor. Offensively, was it just a case of missed shots, or could the execution have been better? Uh, execution could have been better, but I think just a lot of just tough misses, and maybe that affected kind of. I don't know. Felt like I forced a couple one up, and uh, I don't know how the players feel, but just seeing like a couple roll out, you kind of just want to go try again, and uh, so we. We're at our best when we move the ball and do off the ball stuff and uh, stuff like that. So it's got to get keep doing that. You went more than five minutes late in the fourth quarter without getting a shot up. What were they doing differently, if anything, guarding you late? Uh, they were doing a good job. I think we just just the strength of our team too. We kind of we I think we got good looks at the end, uh, no matter who who got it. So just try to stay active and. Uh, Look for the opportunities, but sometimes it's someone else to shoot the ball. So I wouldn't be worried about that. Uh, I wanted to ask with uh, you've gotten two lane violations in the last couple games. Is there something that are you trying to do that for one? No, I've been shooting that way since college. So yeah. I would think the guys know that I take my extra breath on the before I shoot. But I mean, it's got to knock the second one down. But I mean, it's uh, not doing it to get the lane violation, but I mean, sometimes it's good to get one. <laughs> All right, what was the key to jumping or falling into that early hole when you fell down by 22? What was going wrong? Uh, we just talked about it, uh, transition defense and rebounding. Uh, that was a tough part for us. We did a better job in the second half, but it just wasn't quite enough. All right, there you go, uh, Lowry Markinen talking about uh, him and his team's performance tonight. Lowry had 25 as the Jazz fall to the Hawks, 115 to 108. We haven't talked about that a lot this year. Energy, I mean, it's come up yeah. a few times, but um, I think there, you know, he talked about those energy stats, getting back in transition. Um, that's an energy thing, and the Jazz have been good at that uh, over the last little while. So a little bit of an outlier, and then the rebounding thing, a little bit of an issue, a couple nights in a row. 
Jazz fall tonight to the Hawks, 115-108. to 108. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more player sound for you. Coming up next, you are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook, blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Jazz postgame show, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Wiz campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz fall to the Hawks tonight, 115 to 108. Let's check out your uh, Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization. For each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's master of the glass coach, uh, oh, I was about to say it was a tie. It was not. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, master of the glass tonight. 11 boards in just 18 minutes. How about that? Cleaning up the glass for Vando. The Jazz had three players in double figure or uh, double figures rebounding. Kelly Olenek and Lowry Markkinen both had 10 rebounds apiece. And then, of course, Vando our master of the glass with 11. The Jazz uh, out-rebounded tonight by the Hawks, 52-50 to and 14-13 to on the offensive end, although the uh, the Hawks only got five offensive rebounds in the second half, so at least that's an improvement. Yeah, and, you know, I felt like the Jazz after the first half really competed better on the glass, but still uh, some being the Jazz need to work on the offensive rebounds, another, an issue tonight. In that first run, not, not quite as much as the other night. No, but still, you know, you still see remnants. So that's that's a concern. Not that we're going to go backwards, but I still can't believe, given the, the box score after that Raptor game, that the Jazz pulled off that win. It's still it's mind-boggling. Amazing. It's yeah. like a Rubik's Cube. 25 offensive rebounds in that game, and they still came away with a win. Atlanta with 14 offensive rebounds tonight, but did uh, beat the Jazz on the glass 52-50. to 50. Clint Capella who uh, loves to shoot that hook, but uh, he led everybody in rebounding with uh, 13. He had nine points, uh, but, man, gives you flashbacks to the Jazz playing the Rockets in the playoffs every time you see Clint Capella. And the Jazz draw the Rockets. Okay. Again. Again. (laughs) And that guy right there is going to be hanging from the rim a lot. And he did. Again, not to relive old stuff, but do you remember how mad Coach uh, Snyder was when they got the Rockets? Uh, the yes after the last game of the season where weren't they were they were playing the Clippers or the the Grayson Allen game yeah it was the Clippers you and I did the game yeah together. we did do the game together and there was like a five percent chance the Jazz would get the Rockets and they did and I remember Coach Snyder was so grumpy because like seriously seventeen things had to happen yep and and it did so yeah Clint Capella will certainly always remember uh, remind me of that all right let's go back downstairs to the locker room it's time to hear from Walker Kessler. Like, how do you feel about Um, you know, I definitely, you know, felt that I maybe could have done better. You know, it's a tough, tough situation because you know Trey's such a good shooter, but you know, at the, I mean, at the same time, uh, Capella's such a good roller, um, and so being able to, you know, play both of those guys, um, and you know, you're gonna have bad games. And tonight, obviously, wasn't wasn't my best game, but um, I was really proud of. You know how the guys, you know, even though it wasn't a great game, like we fought till the end and never gave up. Um, so I think it says a lot about our team. What do you think about just your performance in general, besides what I just mentioned with the pick and roll? Yeah, like I said, you know, it wasn't a great game. Um, 
just, just as simple as that. I guess any more detail on that? <laughs> like, what you know, when you think about how you played tonight, or I don't know if you probably haven't had the chance to like watch film. Or um, you know, I, I can think of a couple times. Um, it's tough because you know when that guard shoots that floater. You know, if I can test that, it's a late lob. And Trey Young's so good shooting that floater, and Jante Murray's so good in that mid-range pocket. So it puts me in a tough position. But um, yeah, you know, I, I let a couple. Uh, defensive rebounds go that I usually grab. Um, you know, just like, like a day at the office, man. Sometimes you're gonna have, have bad days. But um, for me, you know, I'm trying to not let it compound. You know, this game's over. Um, you learn from it, move on, and you know, don't let it just keep, you know, snowballing effect the next game. Is that mentality? Oh, is that mentality something you've had to learn this season? Yeah, no question. You know. I think that in college, you know, you have a game and you have like four days to really like linger on it. But the NBA, you like, you got to learn from it quick. Um, and so a point of maturing for me and just learning, like NBA is a long season. I don't know anyone that's going to play a great game, 82 games. Um, and so learning from it, moving on, going into the next game with a clear headspace. Don't be thinking about, you know, the last game. Um, there's definitely been, you know, point like I think when Embiid hit that um, game winner here uh, on me, like that one was like you know tough to get over, but you know that like after like the next day, like you gotta wake up, and, all right, it's over with, you know. Um, so tonight, you know, I'll probably watch some film, um, but next morning, you know, it's moving on to the next game. They had a ton of offensive rebounds early, but mm -hmm. you did kind of. Um, eradicate that problem you know, mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. But what, how are they getting so many offensive rebounds early? You know, they're they're great offensive rebounders. Um, obviously, Clint Capella and John Collins are you know crash the glass every time. Super physical, super athletic. Um, so we just you know need to do a better job of game rebounding. Um, and personally, you know, I need to do a better job of you know, boxing them out. So you know, just on that side, they definitely help, help work this. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate you. There's Walker uh, Kessler, and Walker struggled a little bit tonight. Talked about that uh, there are two points, five boards for him. He had a block, a couple of steals, uh, played 18 minutes, but only shot, uh, had two field goal attempts. Coach was just uh, one for two, no free throw attempts. And, uh, Walker had a tough time being engaged, I suppose. Maybe that's the way to put it. And you're not going to be great every night. I think uh, there was a ton. I, I picked up a ton of emotional maturity there when – you know, you don't do a great job, but you still face the music. Talk about the things you were able to do and not able to do. It's a part of growth that's really difficult. But I would say that even with tonight's performance, Walker's way out ahead of the curve. Oh, man, yeah. yeah as we know. Um, but you're going to have, his, you know, he's still a rookie and he's going to have tough nights. And I thought tonight he had a tough night for sure. And we've heard, uh, you know, Coach Hardy talk about him, you know, that uh, that he still has things to improve on. And as, as we've kind of joked, has worked hard to, you know, not let him get too, uh, too full of himself and say that he's still – tonight maybe was an example of that, that he's just not – can't be an all-star in every game. He's still got something to learn and some room to grow. And, and it's interesting because he did, from a scheme perspective, he talked about – um, how difficult it is in the mid-range uh, when you've got a really good floater shooter um, curling into the mid-range or, or attacking the mid-range, and you've got a lob guy behind you, you know who's there. Um, really, the, the trick is to be able to 
bait that guy driving it into making a decision, committing to something. Um, you want to step up, step back, but you kind of play in a cat and mouse game. And what he said is, it's a, I agree, it's really hard because you commit to that and take that play on, and the ball's flying over your head and Capella's dunking it, which we've seen a million times. So, again, reps to be able to get uh, opportunities to learn how to do that better. You know, Garden, uh, the the variety of centers you have to guard these days has got to be a challenge, you know. It used to be, you know, you played the big guy, you stood in the paint all night, and Clint Capella is a lot different from other centers that uh, he has to go out there and face. Yeah, the, the it's really interesting, but prior to, you know, the ball screen craze, um, you know, big guys just went down and guarded the post. You just didn't want your guy getting a, a direct ball in the post, and you had to block him out and move him around. You have to be a really good athlete, and you see that with uh, Walker, the way he moves around. But up at the point of attack, at the top of that ball screen, you are the first line of defense, and you have to get the ball sent the right direction. It helps everybody. So, yeah, there's a lot of things you got to know, way more than, than you would think just watching the game. And uh, I'm impressed that on a Friday night where they have a couple of nights off, he said he's going to go watch that film, oh, go digest it. He, he honestly, and everybody I've talked to, is meticulous about that stuff. And I'm telling you, the great players I've been around, um, that is, check the box, right? That box is just an absolute. A lot of good players play by feel, but it's getting exact about what am I doing wrong and how can I, I, how can I do it better? And the best way to do is look in the mirror. I mean, our guy Jamil is driving to Wendover tonight. Walker Kessler is going home to, to watch film. No, I'm kidding. Of course, about you. Oh, Coach like, Coach Lacombe's hey, like, like, wait, what? Huh? You got an extra ticket on the fun bus for me? <laughs> no, just, <laughs> I was kind of getting excited. I'm making a joke about the young hip one that uh, yeah, is a, is a member of our crew. I was uh, just playing along as the old guy. <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, you know, you, you can probably – I ask you about this all the time, but as a coach, you know, you, you learn a lot from nights like this, I would guess, for a, for a guy like Walker Kessler. There's a lot of teachable moments. And again, you know, they, he just was on the heels of, we are talking about him as, you know, the number of blocks he had um, you know, doing the things that have not been done in this franchise and in some cases the league by a guy his age. Uh, you know, so you, you take the good with the bad, I guess. And isn't that a good lef- lesson for life? I think that it goes across everything we do. No doubt about it. All right, postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own at MySubaruIs.com. We're hoping to get some more players now coming up right around the corner, and we'll continue to get uh, Coach Combs' thoughts on this one as the Jazz fall to the Hawks. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jazz fall to the Hawks tonight, 115-108 to here at Vivint Arena. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes, learn more, and share at markmillersubaru.com. Also want to remind you of uh, the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator. Now, Coach, 
I know it was not the most inspired effort from the Jazz tonight, uh, but I came away from this team. I mean, we've had a couple of teams in a row now with the Raptors and with the Hawks that I think should be better than their record really indicates. But everything about this Hawks team, I mean, they're they're middle of the league and about everything. They're now one game above five hundred, and it was like it it felt like that kind of effort from them too. I mean, I know that the Hawks won, but I didn't come away really impressed with what they're doing. No, I didn't either. Um, you know, it was a uh, it was a a game that kind of just went according to script. If you look at where shots came from, um, the Jazz got you know to the three point line. Uh, maybe took a little bit more mid range than typical, but Atlanta lived in the mid range. And the biggest difference is the Jazz went uh, really struggled to make threes, which is where they put a, a ton of emphasis. Uh, Atlanta actually did a really good job of getting to the mid-range where they wanted to play from. They were 18 for 37. Um, and then the shots that they missed, they were, you know, early in the game were all over the rebounds. So Jazz dug themselves a hole, and we talked about it. You dig yourself a hole against this team. They can kind of two-point you to death, and they were able to do just that. What's going on uh, What's going on against point guards, Coach? I, I talked about this earlier today uh, on my show. And now, listen, 27 points, Trey Young is probably capable for going off for, you know, 40 or 50, obviously. Uh, but he was 10 of 19 shooting. He had six assists to go along with those 27 points. Uh, you know, you look back at what Van Vliet's, uh, what Van Vliet did, uh, Damian Lillard, of course, go back to Kyrie Irving. I mean, it seems like the Jazz have had a tough time dealing with uh, dynamic point guards or dynamic guards, I guess I, I should say. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of dynamic guards on each team. And so um, in particular tonight, um, you know, we talked about Trey Young is definitely on this team, the head of the snake. Um, and he does a lot of his damage in the open floor early in transition and then coming off ball screens. Uh, we talked about the difficulty with ball screens because as a young player, being able to get up to that point and contain it, send it the right direction, um, that's all a skill. So I think you see some of, in, in those points, I don't think you can completely say, hey, the, the Jazz did a poor job you know, guard to guard guarding that stuff. It was more as a team kind of executing in pick and roll and then uh, and not being great in transition, letting guys kind of get free in transition as well. But boy, are you right? There are dynamic guards all Ooh. over the place. Man, and a lot of talent in the league. I think we, we've made that comment, but here's another game where, you know, you see a, a guy like AJ Griffin come in as a young guy in this league, but he's shooting the ball. Great. And you know, he played 14 minutes, you know, it's just, there's only 14 minutes to be had for him. What do you think about how the Hawks are constructed? You know, I, I like the move for DeJounte Murray in the offseason because I think he's a great player, but is there some overlap there with Trey Young? You know, we've heard the rumors about Collins. I think there's there's got to be a reason that they're at least open to moving him or at least have been for a while. Uh, we've talked about Hunter tonight, how good he was. What do you think uh, about the construction of this particular team? It's weird because I like their personnel um, in pieces, but I don't like it together. Together, right. And And I honestly believe that you know, sometimes, you know, watching Trey out there, I think at times some of the decision he, he makes, and I'm not just talking offensively, but, you know, whether he's really going to step over and take a charge or really he's going to step over and, and give any kind of resistance, as a teammate watching it 82 times, it gets a little bit old. And so, yeah, I just think it's time for this particular group to be scrambled and moved around. Again, nice pieces, 
but perhaps find a better chemistry with uh, addition and subtraction. And that's got to be hard because they were in the Eastern Conference Finals just two years ago, and you kind of, I'm sure, if you're Atlanta's front office, are trying to debate, you know, what exactly is real and not, and what is is sustainable going forward. And obviously, the the plan for the last couple of years has been to build around Trey Young, but is that something that uh, is worthwhile going forward? I think they're in kind of a well, like Toronto the other night. I think they're in kind of an awkward spot. Yeah, two years ago in the NBA is like, you know, you're out. In the now it's a lifetime. Oh yeah. yeah. And so you say that and it's like, you know what? You're probably behind. You're probably a little behind some of the moves that, you know, you held on a, a teeny bit too long. And some of the moves you have, or some of the, the cohesion got stale and it, it happens. It happens to groups all the time. I'll tell you what, you know, when they, they changed the collective bargaining agreement, and shorten deals. I wonder, you know, what kind of impact that that would have. But, you know, it's really increased the movement in the league overall. I mean, it just makes the urgency. It dials it up. There's nothing really long-term anymore. You know, Coach, I know you were right in the thick of uh, of your college basketball coaching career. But, you know, I think that Andre Karolinko, how long that deal was when he signed a max deal with the jazz and was here six years with a seventh year option, I think where, I mean, it just, the, the NBA was different. You signed these big long deals and you were in it for the long haul and it's just not that way anymore. And I think it leads to more trades, honestly. I mean, even if you're not the one signing the three, four year deals, it just, it puts everything on fast forward. Well, and then the ability a guy, you know, a player has to just in, up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm done with this. I want to be, you know, at the end of the day, that could happen at any point as well. So a lot of moving parts. I know, you know, a lot of people talk about, I wish they'd do this or do that. There's so many things that you do um, just in reaction to moves, you know, and, and to try to keep things um, moving in the right direction. But they, the Hawks definitely good pieces, nice pieces. I like some of their young guys. Um, but I think they just look to me a little bit tired of playing together that makes sense i could see that or or maybe just something about it you know might not be complimentary that's why i asked with the the murray and young overlap you know i always thought to lillard and and cj mccollum overlapped a little bit maybe that's not why it didn't work but you know you look at what's going on in in cleveland with donovan mitchell and darius garland and it appears to be working just fine see what happens when they they uh, get into the thick of playoff basketball but appears that overlaps not an issue there so maybe it just depends on who on who it is but i'm with you there's something about the mix there that might need shaking up and because you know really if you were in the eastern conference finals not that long ago you should probably be better than a 500 team if you haven't made any major changes and and i hadn't i didn't look really back um much into the last couple of years but i remember doing games with you when the jazz just would totally manhandle hawks team you know a couple times in a row three Three, three or four times in a row consecutive years where, you know, they just face-guarded Trey and uh, were able to kind of have their way. So this team's seen a lot of days, a lot of looks, and, you know, that's that's why they're floating names like Collins. See what's out there, see what they can get, and how they can kind of change the nucleus a little bit. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own MySubaruIs.com. We'll get you play of the game and we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up, blocked it. The final box score is printed. 
Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Finds a Linux top to Mark and it down 11. Clarkson will take the three over Collins and hit. Boy, Trey Young has had, and we're just going to be critical tonight, Trey Young has had two possessions that Nate McMillan has got to be just beside himself about if you're leading by 10. Right corner Collins, good look, three missed it. Rebound marketing, Jazz down eight, 324 to play. Clarkson right side, rise, fire, pow! A 10-0 run! There's your play of the game, courtesy of our buddy, David Locke. And it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight, 115-108 to to the Atlanta Hawks. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is Campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share Mark Miller Subaru.com. Now, you know who wasn't flat tonight? Our dude David. He brings it. Brings the energy. David brings the James. heat. Well, David James, too. Oh, You're on the broadcast, but I was, ta- I was talking about David Locke. I should clarify, though, because David James has been well, on the broadcast tonight. Well, he's just sitting on our... Yeah, but he was sitting next to me, and he's... David James always family. brings the energy, too, especially for a guy who works TV all night and then gets up and does a morning radio show and never ceases to amaze me how much energy that dude's got. Yeah. All... The time. He is a, he's a gem. And so is David Locke. Uh, the calls tonight, that, that little call was nice. He did a little critique, evaluation, and, and made the call as well. It was beautiful. Uh, a little criticism of Trey Young. But you know what? And, and Atlanta won, and Trey Young had a nice night. So now is probably not the time to criticize Trey Young. But he does make decisions like that down the stretch where he's taking shots where maybe he doesn't need to and shooting early and shot in in clocks that actually in the case of the Jazz tonight really kept them in it. I mean Atlanta should have put the Jazz away with a few minutes left. In fact, it felt like they did a couple of times and then those types of decisions especially when uh, the Jazz were having a lot of trouble getting stops really left the Jazz still within striking distance. Yeah, it was um really a couple shots here, a couple shots there, a rebound. It's all the stuff you you shall use the term that NBA officials use this week. Sleepless nights. Creates a lot of sleepless nights. For the Hawks, 27 points for Trey Young. 10 of 19 shooting. 6 assists. 4 rebounds uh, for him. Also had a block shot. Uh, let's see here. DeAndre Hunter had 26 tonight on 10 of 15 shooting. He was very good. Um, and then DeJounte Murray had uh, 13 points tonight. It looked like he was headed for a better game at halftime, uh, but didn't shoot the ball as much in the second half. He did finish the game with uh, eight assists, however. Uh, for the Jazz, they got 25 from Lowry Markinen to lead the way. Eight of 19 shooting, three of 11 from three. He was six of uh, seven from the line. He did have 10 boards. A double-double for Lowry. Jordan Clarkson at 24 tonight on 10 of 21, shooting 3 of 10 from 3. Five boards, three assists for Jordan. Mike Conley, 7 of 9 shooting for Mike tonight, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 6 of the line. Mike had 20 points to go along with uh, 8 assists. Mike did have 5 turnovers, but uh, that that is uncharacteristic. The Jazz is a team tonight, Coach. Had 22 turnovers, so that's uh, as big a number as we've seen in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um 
got to be something, you know, it's got to be a point of emphasis. Got to take care of the ball, make good decisions. Mike, in his last 10, we were talking about how he's shooting the ball better. Uh, on, the re- on the season, he's shooting 39.7 from the field. But in his last 10, he's 46 from the field. So definitely an uptick in the way he's shooting the basketball. Well, that's the Mike Conley we've uh, grown accustomed to. Yeah, it's Grind City Mike. And he uh, continues to have more assists than he's had uh, in his entire career. As I, I think he, he fits right in with this jazz squad. I'll be curious, of course, to see what happens around the trade uh, deadline. But Mike has absolutely been a big positive on this jazz team. Yeah, I was talking to the great Craig Bowler, Jack. And when you get to talk to him, you take a minute. Man, Bowler's the best. So I about fell asleep just because his tones are so subtle. Uh, but the information was amazing. We talked about, um, you know, this those two guys in particular, Conley and Clarkson. And, you know, nobody knew what the season was going to be, but those two guys were kind of the, the – they were the leaders. They were the guys that had to kind of keep it on the rails. And they've done that and then some. I mean, they've both had really, really great years um, to this point and in different ways than, you know, than you would think. But awesome to have them and – yeah, you just don't know what, what's going to happen, but certainly love the things they bring to this team, the leadership for sure. All right, Coach, a couple final thoughts uh, from you on this one before we turn the page. Uh, well, to a weekend and then a Monday night showdown. Felt like we let one get away, be honest. Uh, just like the Jazz didn't come out and, and, and really kind of put the, the pedal, the metal. Um, I, I thought the Hawks were able to kind of take command, and that was one of the things we talked about. If the Jazz could... Get off to a good start, make a couple shots, but that was what is, was elusive till late. They struggled to make shots. Um, they'll bounce back. I like the mindset. A lot of emotional maturity in young players, and uh, so we'll see what happens Monday. It's Monday. We get a weekend. Monday against Dallas. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who had a role in the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone. Uh, thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Mike Smith for dropping by in the pregame. Thanks for uh, thanks to David James, who dropped by in the pregame and uh, the halftime. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show, the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru. SubaruIs.com. And of course, Coach Lacombe, a thank you, sir. El Presidente, sir. Why, thank you. Enjoy the. You're going to have a great weekend with the kids. This, I can tell. You, you're doing grandpa duty yeah, this weekend. Man, I'm happy for you. Okay. Enjoy it. All right, the Jazz fall tonight to the Hawks, 115 to 108. Our next broadcast is coming your way Monday night. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks will be in town. Tip off for that game will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.